Welcome to the Sports of the Show. I'm DJ Pat Nasty, and I'm here with Malcolm Marzette. And we've got a special guest today on the episode. My brother Fred stops by for a quick preview of the NCAA tournament. I know it's uh, tipped off by the time the episodes drop, but it's going to be a fun conversation with myself and my brother Fred about who we think's uh, going to advance in the tournament, who he thinks could be a potential one seed upset, who he thinks could be a lower seed that could make some noise and finally give our predictions for our final four and national championship picks. But we'll have Malcolm and myself back on the other side of the interview discussing our takes also on the college basketball tournament and some of the early big moves in free agency. But we'll be right back with Fred and we'll catch you guys with uh, Malcolm and myself on the other side. And we are here at the Sports the Show. We've got a new segment today. I've got my brother Fred on the Zoom with us today, Uh, but we're doing a few little remote segments to prepare everyone for March Madness as it's finally that time for the men's college basketball tournament and it's always a fun time of year uh fred you've got me in a bracket challenge with you and some of the rest of our family and i think some co-workers from the plant uh you are i think uh someone that's a little bit more knowledgeable than the rest of us in men's college basketball you keep up with the game and you know watch a lot of the bigger matchups and you know know who's who So uh, just right off the rip uh, with this year's tournament, you know, you've got some unusual and canny number one seeds uh, that we typically don't see in the driver's seat with Alabama, especially uh, this year. Uh, If you had to pick today, do you think that this uh, college basketball season is going to end with a one seed holding up the trophy as it has the last five years? Pat, I, I'm really, really struggling this year to try to fill out my bracket, let alone my final four. Um, this season's been chaos all season. Every every week, someone else got anointed number one, and as soon as they took the title, they got knocked off. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot, a lot of parity in the game so far this season. So I, I could see seven, eight, nine different teams possibly running out and winning this thing. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it seems like it's going to be an action-packed first round uh i unusually this year i didn't really go with a lot of upsets in my my bracket i have out right now um you know i kind of went mostly chalk in the first round just because whenever i pick an upset and i think it's going to be someone i you know admittedly haven't watched the college game as much as i used to say you know 10 years ago or even five years ago but uh you know i keep up here and there you know i just really have a lot of faith in kind of the 10 to 1 seeds in these uh, in this tournament i'm just not really seeing a seed you know above the 10 seeds uh that's really screaming out upset to me in this first round uh do you have any different thoughts maybe maybe you have a lower ranked seed possibly to give the viewers to maybe pick in their brackets well, I agree. It would have to be 10 seed or higher because I don't technically in an 8-9 matchup think that the 9 beating an 8 is an upset. No. I mean, when you get into to breaking this down, there's so much similarity just 
I mean, your ones and twos seem to be a step above, but that gap of three to really seven or eight is all about, you know, pretty similar in their in their games. But yeah, mm-hmm. I got a I got a few. Um, I know everyone's jumping all over Oral Roberts over Duke. Um, Oral Roberts is senior laden. Okay. Um, they have the the big man, the seven three transfer from Arkansas that'll step out, knock down to three. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got dominant guard play, which carries teams in this time of the year. Definitely. You won't, you won't, you know, experienced guards. You can be a freshman, but you won't, you won't, you know, veteran leadership at the guard position. So I'm not really jumping on Oral Roberts. I've seen a lot of people talking about them. I've seen a lot of people talking about Drake. Um, I've seen a lot of people talking about Charleston and Furman. Um, so yeah. out of those four <laughs> there, uh, I've watched Drake a few times this year. They're a good basketball team. They also have veteran leadership, but um, Miami's offense gets going. Same thing with Duke against Oral Roberts. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's a long shot in those mm-hmm. upsets. I think if those two teams were matched up against different five seeds, yeah, you know, even if it was, say, San Diego State or um, St. Mary's, the other two five seeds, I, I'd give them a legitimate shot. Yeah. And in that same vein, I think Charleston versus San Diego State, and I think um, VCU versus Maryland are both um, good upset picks. Charleston, if mm-hmm. they if they get up early, I think it's a good pick because yeah. they, they shoot a lot of threes, but they don't make a lot of threes. Um, whereas San Diego State is a, a beat you up, slow it down type of offense yeah. and an excellent defense. So if I could see mm-hmm. if Charleston got up, same thing with Furman over Virginia, 13 seed. If they could get up early mm-hmm. and make those two defensive slow-paced teams try to ruin i think that could be trouble um but it also depends on the officiating these are different refs that hadn't called these teams from different conferences the way they set it up in this tournament so a team like san diego state or west virginia that like to beat you up yeah but called for a lot of fouls if the refs let them play Mm -hmm. i think you'll remember 2017 when i told you the same thing about carolina and duke yeah if the refs will let them play then anything can happen but oh yeah i I guess if I'm going straight upset picks, and I I hate to even say NC State's an upset over Creighton just because they were so good during the season and fell apart a little late. Mm-hmm. But I like NC State, um, Furman or Charleston both. Like I said, if they could get up early, would be strong. Mm-hmm. I really like Providence um, over Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Kentucky just is so inconsistent at the guard spot this season. You know, yeah. they got Sheevey, one of the best big men in the last five to six years um, in college basketball. He's just dominant, but they just they're really streaky at the guard mm-hmm. position. Turn it over a little too much. Um, that can be like, a gift and a curse in this time of the it, year. You know, definitely. It, we've it, seen UConn ride it out and win a title off it, and we've seen other teams get bounced in the first round because of it. Yeah. Like I say, Providence over Kentucky, but that doesn't mean Kentucky couldn't run it out to the Elite Eight. I mm-hmm. mean, if they get hot, it, it's all about, you know, catching a rhythm. But a lot of people like yeah. Vermont over Marquette, I don't personally mm-hmm. see that. Um, I believe Marquette's coach is, is uh, Shaka Smart. Yes, he is. Who we know is a veteran tournament coach yeah. everywhere he goes. Um, got VCU on the map, but uh, and I, thought, know, I, I, also, I don't see Marquette winning that one. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I, I don't see Vermont upsetting Marquette. Yeah, 
And, you know, with those mainstay coaches, you always have to keep an eye on them, the ones that have bracket uh, experience, because that's a very important thing at this point in the season. And as we always say, you know, the game tends to slow down in playoffs. You have uh, refs not calling as many ticky-tack fouls, and you see a little bit more interior play and a little bit slower uh, design of the game. Uh, But, you know, I find it more interesting now that you have the 11 seed play in games and I feel like those guys kind of get overlooked where you have you know Pitts going up against uh Iowa State and and I think that could definitely be an upset pick you got a team you know they had a very away with how high Iowa State is seated I think Mm -hmm. Pitt stands a great chance versus Iowa State and then you've got the uh you know Arizona State Nevada game that uh is going to happen and that's going to be interesting to see who ends up playing TCU out of that TCU's a darling of the tournament for a lot of people I've seen pick uh you know TCU Creighton uh, a couple of teams like that on the outside that they I've seen uh getting a lot of uh flavor for a sweet 16 possible elite eight run but you know I could see either of those teams going out in the first round if they don't play ball right because like you said NC State is a, a is a tough out irregardless and I mean this is one game and in college basketball it seems like now more than ever than when we were growing up where you had teams trying to have undefeated seasons still like now it's just anyone's it's whose day is it you know and i think there's a lot of stock in getting a streak started in this play-in game potentially we could see one day one of those 11 seeds i doubt you know the 16 seeds will really have any benefit from it but one of the 11 seeds maybe get some momentum coming in almost like a wild card game before the bracket even begins uh, so yes, I, and I think uh, the transfer portal on a topic for another day is why you're not ever really going to see the chalk style yeah. NCAA tournament anymore. Yeah. But if I had to give you, I'll cheat you three and I'll give you one that you'll like. But like I said, NC State, Providence and Pitt don't feel like upsets because they're well-known college names, but they're all in the 11 seed spot mm-hmm. this year. I think all three of those could easily advance. That would knock out your Creighton, your Iowa State, mm-hmm. and Kentucky. But the one I really like, and I can see them, and I feel pretty confident with their ability to take it at least to the Sweet 16 would be Kent State. Yeah, uh, They would have to get through Indiana, which has been up and down all year. I don't know why they're at the four seed. Mm-hmm. And then they'd hit Miami. And, yeah. and Miami Miami's had some injury issues too. Miami's had injury issues and they're just, they're very up and down. Yeah. And Kent State is is as steady as they come. And you'll have to double check me, but I think they, mm-hmm. they ran the table at home this year and didn't lose a game. And mm-hmm. they played some competitive teams. I believe they played Houston, Gonzaga, and maybe it was College of Charleston. And they lost all three of those games, but it was within three points apiece. Yeah, they were 15 well, and 0 at home. I like Kent State. Mm-hmm. I like them making a decent little run, but. But, um, you know, there still will be some one seeds alive, but I could yeah. easily see a double digit seed, a double digit seed, you know, at least two in the Elite Eight, um, probably one in the Final Four, possibly. I mean, it wouldn't be unheard yeah. of. No, it but wouldn't be. Personally, I think uh, Bama's going to be really tough to beat. Mm-hmm. They have the star of the tournament well, yeah. in Miller. And that actually um, leads me into the, the last question for the segment. Out of the one seeds, because you're already... Uh, uh, hitting on Bama out of these one seeds, I think this is a little bit of an unusual group. You know, Kansas 
to me is really the only blue blood there. Uh, you know, Purdue's been a very consistent team, never anything real flashy in the finals. Houston had their runs in the early 90s and, you know, so on and so forth in the 80s. Uh, Alabama, you know, they've never really been the darling of the SEC, uh, but they look like they have by far, I think, the best player in basketball on their yes. team. But out of these number one teams, who do you see as the number one that's most likely to fall? the uh, fall first well it it really depends on if upsets happen or not i think mm-hmm. purdue is the weakest of the one seeds mm-hmm. uh, now kansas kansas could run in to arkansas or illinois in game two both of which are extremely streaky yeah but very athletic and no bill uh, self for kansas uh with his health issues Correct. So Kansas makes me a little nervous too, but I really see Kansas with danger with that VCU or UConn winner. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably their biggest threat until you get to the Elite Eight, mm-hmm. where they would probably catch UCLA or, or Gonzaga. Um, I'm not on the TCU bandwagon, even though they're an excellent, excellent team at playing in the best conference in basketball this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, over there on, on Purdue's side, I just see a lot more threat in that in that bracket. You got Memphis red hot after knocking Houston off in their conference tournament. Yeah. FAU could snip Memphis and they're an excellent shooting team. Mm-hmm. Then you get your Duke you know, Providence or Kentucky, uh, Izzo in Michigan State, what if he wants to make one last run? Exactly. Um, Marquette, um, you know, I, I'm down on Tennessee. They could even get bumped by Louisiana the first mm-hmm. the first day. But if Tennessee finds what they had, you know, the first two-thirds of the season, they can beat anybody in the country. Definitely. Um, Houston is probably our best overall team. Defense, shooting, senior guards, big men, rebounding, um, don't turn turn it over a ton, force a bunch of turnovers. Um, but but really in their way, that bottom side, A&M or Texas, and then there's always Xavier um, with uh, Miller as the coach there mm-hmm. from Mark, uh, Arizona. Sean Miller, but, yeah. They're just asking you know, for a really, first-round bounce with him as their head coach. They, they are. I swear, don't sleep on Kennesaw State. Yeah. Um, but once again, it's if you can, it's like Duke my whole life. If Duke can get past the first game, welcome them to the Final Four. Oh, yeah. But they could easily get knocked out game one, no yeah. matter how good they are. It's just there's weird magic. But uh, Alabama probably has, uh, I don't know, second most tripping blocks because mm-hmm. you got Creighton and NC State lurking. You have a, a really tough Bob Huggins, West Virginia team there. Um, and and Arizona is just as athletic as any team in the country. They have just as much talent as any team in the country. Yeah. They just can't quite seem to get it together two games in a row. And that's been um, their curse there the whole time, you know, ever since that one title. Yeah. But they just, they always just laden with talent and can't quite mm-hmm. put it together. And then there's Baylor. Yeah. Uh, and no one's talking about Baylor because they're opposite of what they usually are. They're high-powered high offense and terrible defense this year. So that scares me. Yeah. But I, I think I like Bama and Houston. I think it'll be Bama and Houston playing it out for the title. Okay. But there I don't think anybody's going to have an easy road there. And one team that no one's talking about this year that has been talked about for the last decade plus mm-hmm. as everybody's darling to win it every year is Gonzaga. No, they and really are underplayed this year, which is no crazy. No one is speaking about them. Yeah. And they got Drew Timmy back, 
yeah. who feels like a 10th year senior at forward and is just, you know, phenomenal. Plus good guard play, excellent coach. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they finally rose up out the ranks. Well, yeah. But they burned me too many times. I'm not taking it. I don't blame you. So you've got, uh, who's your final four? You've got Alabama, Houston. Who you have Alabama taking on in uh, Houston? I got Bama versus Duke. Uh-huh. I got Houston versus Gonzaga. Okay. And I was really torn on that. I think I came down to uh, Gonzaga and Kansas mm-hmm. and not Kansas. No, excuse me, Gonzaga and UConn. I think UConn slips Kansas. Okay. And then I had I had Duke um, knocking off Purdue. Yeah. So I, I was semi-chalk in my Sweet 16. Yeah. Um, and I had Bama. I had Bama beaten out. Oh, I didn't have that part there. I believe I had Bama beaten out. It's either um, Arizona. Okay. I think Arizona's talent will get them there. And Houston was where I was really stuck because I think Texas and Texas A&M, Texas A&M, all they've done is win this year. They're not flashy. They'll put you to sleep yeah. watching them. They, they're they scrappy. They always get the right turnover at the right time. They mm-hmm. never miss a tip in. You know, a little bit of luck has carried them a long way, but they're also a good team. Yeah. Um, but I could see, I could see, you know, a Texas showdown between Houston and A&M or Houston and Texas. Yeah. But, I think I'm I'm gonna go Bama Houston, and then it's a coin flip on who I like out of that. Do you go with the star power or the better overall team? Well, I'm going. Uh, I have the same exact uh, national championship game. So my final four, I've got Alabama beating Duke, and then I have uh, Houston beating Kansas. And then my title, I'm going Alabama over Houston, somewhere in the 63 to 60, 65 to 63. I think it's going to be like a final shot type of finish. Um, But that Texas, the Houston and the Texas game, I think, was my toughest uh, elite or yeah, my toughest elite eight matchup to call. But yeah, I just can't go against Alabama. uh, Their interior. I think Houston would take Texas because of their, their big men. But I just can't. Even though the the titles in Houston, I just think uh, it's it's typically tough for me in this day and age in college basketball to not go for the outright like clear cut best player in the in the game. So uh, and Miller is the best player in the game. Oh yeah, definitely. So who are you going to take in that coin flip, Fred? If you had to pick one, <sighs> I've gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and I'm leaning with you. Um, matter of fact, I might do two identical brackets and have Houston winning one and Bama winning one, but uh, um, I'm going to have to lean Bama. I think Houston probably plays a touch better defense. Bama plays great defense around the rim, Mm -hmm. but they don't force the turn of turnovers where Houston does get a few more. Um, Bama probably shoots the the three a little bit better overall, um, but they're very similar and they're deep. And the reason I'm probably going to go Bama is you got a guy, uh, I forget his first name, Quinterly, Mm -hmm. coming off the bench for Bama who has been a stud for them the last two seasons. And they've increased their talent level so much that now he's the sixth man, the first yeah. man off the bench. And when you can bring a fellow like that off the bench with that type of leadership and tournament experience, I really think that doesn't necessarily help you as much the first weekend. But when you hit the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight and you run to the championship, that really, really goes a long way that yeah. you, know, you have your best five out there and you know the next man in has already got two two tournament ex- appearances under his belt. Oh, yeah. So I think... No, it's huge. Yeah. No, Bama. I think Bama's going to be tough to beat, though. But yeah, Fred, I really appreciate you coming on with us. 
and, uh, you know, sharing your insights into the tournament. Uh, as always, you know, you're always welcome on the show whenever. Hopefully we'll get you on, uh, back on rather around uh, MLB season and we can talk some baseball. Oh, yeah, definitely, Will. It's, it's the best time of year, March Madness. College baseball's going, pro baseball's getting going. So it's definitely my favorite time of year. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate Talk it. Again. Thank you again, Fred. And uh, we will have you back on the show soon enough. But like I said earlier, uh, we'll have Malcolm coming up here in just a second. So we will catch you guys here in a few. But thanks again, Fred. All right. Bye, Pat. And that was a great interview with Fred. I really enjoyed having him on. And like I, like we said, Malcolm, we're going to have him back on for some baseball talk. I know he and Tiny are going to have fun talking about that. I know you and him can break down some of the more uh, nuanced topics in baseball and sports in general. It's going to be really fun to hear all of us kind of have a couple more guests on the show as we move forward and expanding the show a little bit further on broadening the audience a little bit uh, it's gonna I be i'm fun. gonna talk to him about college uh, baseball oh yeah he's excited to talk to you about arizona and you know in the segment he was talking about how he thought arizona is going to be a, a pretty good team in the tournament which leads us into our first topic together discussing uh your thoughts on the men's college basketball tournament uh, i think we're all pretty set in the women's tournament i didn't really touch with him on it uh, that South Carolina, uh, we're, we're all in on them. I'm pretty sure Leah Boston and this team's undefeated for a reason. Uh, but in I'm the role with Stanford, um, you know, Oh God, Malcolm, don't do that. If it's not U of A. It's going to be Stanford. Of course. Of course. Malcolm with his West coast. <laughs> that bias. librarian looking coach is a killer dog. She is a librarian a looking coach and she is a killer, but, uh, with the men's tournament, uh, my picks for the final four were, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Alabama, Duke, in the uh, first Final Four matchup and the second one, Houston versus Kansas. And then I had Alabama and Houston advancing to the national championship. And I have Alabama winning a close one, either 63-60 or 65-63. Just because, like I said earlier in the show, I think Brandon Miller's uh, far and above the best player in the tournament. And I'm tending to lead more towards that. Uh, Fred brought up a good point with how kind of the transfer portal has expanded this level of parity where we're not seeing these undefeated teams like we did when you and I were growing up, Malcolm, where you had teams running, you know, regular season, trying to go for the glory, win it all, go undefeated. Now it's just, you know, it's anyone's day really in the tournament. And that's what's great about March Madness. But we've had a one seed win for the last five tournaments. Uh, Fred also went with Alabama, Duke, and then Houston and Kansas. And I believe he went with uh, Alabama over Houston in the national championship as well. But uh, Malcolm, you've been watching a lot of the West Coast action. I know Arizona's in the bracket with Alabama. So that could be a head-on collision matchup. Uh, out of the what you've seen this year and what you're seeing so far in the tournament uh, with 
just the early tip off. We're now just seeing Maryland and West Virginia play. Uh, who are you picking for your final four and your eventual national champion? And then on the other side, what one seed, if you had to pick one, would you think would go out first? All right. So my picks, I have Arizona, Kentucky, Houston, and Kansas. I think Houston and Kansas on the other side are going to run through more in the West and in uh, the Midwest. Yeah, they're strong Um, one seeds. However, with Arizona being in the South, which I don't get, (laughs) which I'm happy we're in the South. Hooray. Um, I got Alabama running into San Diego State. Oh, uh, really? A potential upset uh, in the Sweet the 16. That'd be huge. Yeah. But if not, if they, if they get past San Diego State, then I got Alabama, Arizona meeting up before they get to that final four. OK, so um, another matchup that I think is going to be really pivotal in the East. I got Duke and Tennessee meeting up mm-hmm. uh, and that could potentially be an upset, even though I have Duke uh, going further. Yes. Just keep an eye on that. And then Kentucky over Kansas State. Now, um, a Duke-Kentucky matchup can meet up, and that's where I have Kentucky winning it. Mm-hmm. But I also have two very uh, tough matchups with U- Kentucky versus Kansas State mm-hmm. and Duke versus Tennessee. Yes. Um, and we also may see a Purdue-Duke matchup. So that, fun. that whole East region is kind of low-key yeah. tough. And I actually have all three of those games. You just said I've got Duke-Tennessee. Yeah. I got yeah. Duke winning. I got Purdue-Duke. I got Duke winning. And then I got Duke-Kentucky. And then I have Duke winning that one. But uh, Fred pointed out, you know, Kentucky's a very streaky team. And, you know, that can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing in the tournament. You're going with it. They're going to yeah. catch fire is what you're yeah, saying. I got, I got them. Uh, I think they're kind of underranked. I think okay. they should be ranked a little bit higher. I, we've seen this with the SCC basketball teams when it gets to the tournament and the physical nature, how a team like South Carolina can make it all the way. Um, yeah. We understand that it becomes more football on a basketball court, but yeah. also in that East region, uh, watch out for USC. I know they're ranked 10th, but um, I think a USC over Marquette upset in that um, most of my upsets are kind of coming mm-hmm. out of the East. Uh, yeah. region. Okay. Um, just they're going to get shooken up a little bit. Um, but other than that, um, the team, the number one team that I feel that is most susceptible to getting taken down to me is um, I'm going to roll it. I'm going to roll it. Alabama. Really? And, wow. Yeah, so you think that they have if the most actually, dangerous path? Alabama, Purdue. I'll uh, probably lean more towards Purdue just because of we that all went division. Fred and I went Purdue as well, gonna, just because that division's so tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, you would go Purdue. Also, if, if I roll with Alabama, it'd have to be because they run into Arizona. So, okay. That's, that's my only caveat, but my eyes would tell me Purdue, you got Duke, you got Tennessee, you got Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and also even uh, Memphis, I think Memphis is an underrated team. Yeah, they're uh, back in it as well. Uh, finally, yeah, they're they're yeah. relevant. And real quick before we switch to the NFL, uh, your former coach making his tournament debut with Xavier. Uh, yeah. John Miller out John there. John Miller, Miller time. So, you know, Fred said he could see Kennesaw State potentially having a big upset there just because Sean Miller does have a tendency to exit the tournament early, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I have them going all the way to the Sweet 16, losing to Texas. Same. Same Uh, here. So you have them. Shaka Smart in Texas. Keep an eye out for him. He's been building. I don't know if you remember back. He was at VCU. Mm -hmm. Um, So. 
maybe a decade ago. Well, I think Shaka Smart's at Marquette now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, the reason why I looked at Texas, so I was like, dang, you know what? I think a lot of his recruits, even though there is that transfer portal, when I look at these players, I'm like, not a lot of players left. Yeah. Keep an eye, keep an eye on uh, Texas. That Texas uh, Xavier matchup, I think we're on the same page there. I don't yeah. think anybody's going to come into the way of them. No, and I think Texas, uh, they, they're they a, a darling of the tournament in a way, too. I think they can definitely uh, make some noise. They have Chris Beard, I believe, is their head coach right now. Now, you know uh, something for, odd? What's a team we're not seeing in the tournament that we normally would see? Um, <laughs> well, getting talked about or actually in the tournament? Not Excuse even me, in the it's Rodney Terry. Never mind. To me, to I had me. that wrong again. It's so surprising to me to not see North Carolina not even in the, the tournament. Yeah. No, North Carolina, <laughs> that was, you know, they were out. They had some tough losses and everything. And that was was tough for them. And, you know, yeah, not seeing them in is a little bit under unusual. But, you know, they had their run and we'll see if they can uh, get a team together back. But I think that kind of speaks more to the transfer portal and the parity we see within the right. sport as well. Uh, but Rodney Terry, real quick before we get out, yeah. the coach of Texas, middle name Urkel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. also, I want to point out the Rodney West. Urkel Terry. I'm going to have to go for Texas a little bit harder now. Look for look for UCLA and Gonzaga to have a matchup later down the road mm-hmm. in the West. Uh, they're just pivotal. They're going to meet up. Fred's, anybody. A lot of yeah. Fred's logic in his segment for UCLA Gonzaga was that no one's really talking about them, which is true. And they are a team that historically makes it pretty deep in the tournament. Uh, Like he said with Duke, if they can just win their first game and if they win the second round, it's, you know, that pretty much destined they're in the final four or elite eight. Um, But yeah, I think you guys had a lot of overlapping agreeable parts and we all have some uh unique perspectives that are unique to us anyways um but it's going to be interesting to watch how the tournament plays out and in your national championship you said you had arizona over Over houston over kansas Kansas. houston kansas is in the final final four so before we get out of the west though I have to give this tip of the cap. Hopefully, I'm going to keep an eye at this game, this TCU-ASU game on the 17th. Yes. Um, It's going to be very interesting. If they win that one, then the next game they play is Gonzaga. Yeah. And I sure would love Arizona State to take down a giant and then just get out of the way. Well, that's what I was talking to. (laughs) I'm hoping for that. Fred about was these 11 seeds in this yeah. modern play in tournament. It's almost like wild card weekend for them. Whereas, you know, in previous years, you were so uh, stacked tournament heavy, really, at the top. We kind of knew that those games weren't going to matter. But now right. I feel like if you get on a hot streak, like Pitt beating Mississippi State by one point, uh, Arizona State winning their game, that could have a big momentum shift in the game. Games, uh, you know, before anyone else coming off of, you know, 
a little bit more rest is ready to play. Your team's already ready and rearing to go. Well, we said in uh, pre-production, I gave you the quote that at least one 12 seed has upset a five seed in 32 yeah. of the past 37 tournaments. Uh, so that lends one. its hand to the seeding of an 11 seed beating a four seed. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely can happen. It's going to be interesting to watch and fun to watch here regardless. And, uh, you know, when I we're done, have a West Coast bias. <laughs> Well, it's that's Southern okay, bias. Malcolm. That's why we got you Southern on here. West Coast we've all bias. we've all got our own bias. Tiny's got his, you know, <laughs> mid Atlantic biases. We've all right. got them. But uh, we'll be covering the tournament as it moves along. It'll be wrapping up April second with the national championship game. But we will keep it uh, keep an eye on it and let you guys know our thoughts on how the tournament progresses and when our brackets are all inevitably busted as they are every year. But Malcolm. Malcolm, we've got some big moves in free agency and some not so uh, some big not moves really as well when the Lamar Jackson case we're going to possibly discuss. But I wanted to get to you in the NFL free agency moves that we've seen so far, and there's plenty more to come, plenty more action to happen. Rogers isn't done officially yet. Uh, you know, you had the Pat McAfee show, the conversation. He's you know, it's pretty much done. The trade's going to happen. He says, well, see we're not gonna you know go into that as much today but if you had to go with what you think the biggest move you've seen so far in free agency is or you know lack of move rather what has it been to you in uh your opinion uh, honestly the biggest move for me is just the lack of attention towards or the moves from the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. um having him be more or less they're giving him the DeAndre Aiden rule of what happened with him last year allowing him basically putting him out on the market allowing you to match and see what other teams are interested in him just to bring him back however Lamar Jackson is an MVP and one of the one of the great top 10 quarterbacks I think in the league by oh, far definitely by far uh, just as far as talent production you know if we can get into all that later but to me it's just like the lack of respect and the more people I talk to it's as if he's done something wrong or he's in a situation like a like a John Morant or a Sean Sean Kemp where he's done something wrong or even with Michael Vick with the dog situation and 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 Lamar hasn't done it anything wrong if anything yeah. he's only just gotten injured kind of refused to play through injury but um when he's on the field they're more productive yeah but it's the teams in particular that are uh have me astonished with them not looking at quarterback uh, the jets the denver broncos and also your miami dolphins i don't see why not i think he would be a solid fit uh, down there and my father's i'll say well, this and, uh, i mean my the jets have their guy the jets are all it and i mean yeah, we, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. No, done this is before but this is before but i yeah. think with the with the teams that haven't really looked at lamar i don't think there's much they could do in way of trading for him before seeing what the contract structure was going to be like in place with baltimore so now that the franchise tags out there you're going to see the open market to him in terms of matched offers uh really explode here and i think he will sign with someone else uh before the beginning of the season i think the falcons are making a strong oh, package yes. 
Yeah. Uh, you see them signing John O. Smith. There may be a Kyle Pitts addition into the trade. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it's going to be an obligatory two first round picks. So the Falcons will have to give up two first round picks for him and whatever other compensation on the side. And that would go for any team. It's going to be two first round picks here, regardless of where he goes. So you have to look at the teams that have the draft capital to be able to maneuver assets around where that's not going to be a huge negative affecting factor in your team building. But you have to also look at who has the cap space and the money to give him the max contract now. And that's why I bring in the Falcons because they're in such a kind of ideological shift especially at the quarterback position now, uh, one year fully removed from Matt Ryan. You still only have Desmond Ritter and now Taylor Heineke as your rostered quarterbacks. I feel like they have to be doing something since it doesn't seem they're in the position draft-wise right now to make a play for a C.J. Stroud or a a, uh, Bryce Young, excuse me. But I think if you get some package together that the Ravens feel is acceptable, they will move him because I feel like the relationship between Lamar and that organization is soured to a point that I don't think it's reconcilable. So uh, I could see again, not just the Falcons. There's a few teams out there, but I'm, you know, more closely been, I have been more closely watching the Falcons moves this free agency in, and it seems to indicate they're trying to get something big at the quarterback position again. Um, well, Lamar would be welcome. He would yes. be warmly welcome in Atlanta. I think the Miami aspect of it, you talking about it, I think they're willing to go with Tua and they're trying to show up the uh, or shore up, excuse me, the offensive line they've had uh, issues with. And they're trying to get a stronger defense around to uh, as well uh, so that you don't see him having to make the shootouts happen every single game. Uh, But, you know, them getting some more depth at running back, having now Miles Gaskin, having Raheem Mostert come back, Jeff Wilson Jr. uh, signing David Long Jr. at linebacker, which is a strong middle linebacker position, having the backup addition of Mike White, uh, and some other running linebackers and a safety in Deshaun Elliott uh, that's going to be, I think, a strong addition for the Dolphins right now. But is it going to be enough? You know, in that AFC division where you've got an Aaron Rodgers Jets team, potentially, and a Buffalo Bill team that's going to be the favorite, irregardless of who they sign in this offseason, I think. Um, But what outside of the Lamar move, because the biggest move to me, this free agency has been uh, this newest move we've seen with the, I believe it was the Orlando Brown Jr. signing in Cincinnati, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. signing a few hours ago uh, to the Bengals for a $105 million contract 
for over four years. Uh, that shoring up an offensive line that needed it. Joe Burrow was constantly on his back. This is the top pass blocker for Patrick Mahomes last year. Uh, so I think this is going to really help that Bengals offensive line. The only counter to this move is the lack of defensive additions the Bengals have had. They've actually lost more on the defense. And I think that may be uh, slightly shutting their window a little bit because I think this Bengals team as constructed as a very limited window. And I think they really like this is they've had more positive now by signing this uh, free agent in Orlando Brown Jr. to show up that offensive line. It's more positive than negative that they've had this year. But they've had a lot of negatives in free agency, and I think that's a little bit troubling for the division they're going to be in and for the conference they're in. They're in a murderer's row of quarterbacks in that conference. So if your defense is not getting better year after year to go against these superstar quarterbacks, uh, it's going to be tough to win. Um, how have you felt about the Bengals uh, picking up Orlando Brown Jr., Malcolm? Uh, I think to me, Cincinnati, as of I would say the last three to five years, have been one of the smarter organizations uh, in the front office. Cincinnati, Philly, and I think San Francisco, to me, have made some of the wisest moves to set up their team for future success. But particularly with Cincinnati, they like to build depth where their team is. Everywhere you look, I guess only the lack of depth would, would be at quarterback, but they got Burrow, so they don't really necessarily need that. But when we're when offensive linemen went down in the offseason, in the postseason, and they still needed to uh, go against Buffalo and go into Buffalo, they went in there with backups and they looked more poised just as an entire unit. So that's kind of uh, the methodology of the players that they're trying to bring in, mm -hmm. regardless of what their skill set is. It's more about the chemistry and just uh, buying into that kind of culture that nothing really rattles them. And, and they hit a home run with another player that's going to bring that they're going to bring in and make, I think, a huge impact. And we're going to see Cincinnati in the playoffs for the next 10 years. Like they're like the old Indianapolis team. They just keep getting stars after stars and stars in surrounding their uh, team mm -hmm. for success. I just, yeah, they're going to be the cream of the AFC next year, especially the North. I, I think I got them winning the North with this, uh, this pickup. And finally, uh, with the draft looming and the trade of the Panthers uh, moving up to get their quarterback, uh, with the Bears now, with that receiving group, I really want, I don't think we really touched on it as much last episode. Do you think the addition of DJ Moore to this receiving core is going to be something that can really help Justin Fields evolve and grow as a quarterback and kind of enter into that talent? tier that we're expecting him to reach? I, I truly hope so. Um, the Chicago hopeful, what, what makes me really excited is they're not used to like any type of air raid West Coast spread offense and getting more vertically with four or five wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And I was even looking at their roster um, the other day and they're now able to go with Clay, with Case Claypool. Yeah, Mooney, Chase Claypool, yeah. Him, Mooney, and DJ Moore, they have a solid three. Their 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 front office is now starting to move in a, a direction similar to what I see with Cincinnati, where they're building depth mm -hmm. at the receiver, and then they're gonna be able to build depth that running back after. Because yeah. they lost Montgomery, but they also picked up 
uh, Tremaine Edmonds, mm-hmm. who to me, if we go back to what we were talking about as far as the trades, uh, that to me is one of the best because he he is one of the premier middle linebackers in the league. Yeah. And we saw some of the hits he was giving some of the Dolphins, your Dolphins in the AFC. He's one of the most intelligent linebackers oh, yeah. I've seen mm-hmm. since Luke Kinkley and of that pedigree. So, and, uh, and also Komet, the tight end. I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing it correctly, yeah. but he's an excellent addition or an excellent, you know, evolving yeah, player. Catch. So yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with you. I think Chicago is trending in the right direction. I just want to get your thoughts on that real quick before we head it out. But uh, in the last little bit of the show, before we get out of here, Ezekiel Elliott is out in Dallas. Uh, you know, if you have to look back at his legacy in Dallas, do you think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be remembered fondly in his time at Dallas as one of the top Cowboys running backs of all time? Or do you think he'll be a flip mode just like DeMarco Murray and so many uh, running backs that we've seen since post Emmett Smith? Well, uh, I want to take a peek at what his draft year was in his draft class because I remember him getting drafted high and I remember him coming out of Ohio State and he was highly touted. Um, you know, we loved all of his skill set. Had nothing to do with that. It was more so of his mindset. I don't believe yeah. he'll be remembered fondly because he didn't win the Super Bowl. He was drafted in 2016, number okay. four overall. And he has three Pro Bowls. Uh, one first team all pro, one second team all pro was the NFL rushing yards leader two years in a row, or excuse me, two different years. And, uh, that's really where it ends in the NFL career accolades. He had, uh, 68 rushing touchdowns, 8,000 yards, 12 receiving touchdowns. But I mean, to me, he seems like a mid-level career running back. For Dallas, he had some big years, but you know, if I was a fan, I think the local fans are going to remember him fondly. But I don't think he's going to have the national remembrance, and I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. No, absolutely not. So, well, we'll um, see. I just look the reason why I yeah. look at that draft class because I'm trying to see if I see players that are superstars now that the Cowboys would want more. And I look, I look at the first name that pops off the list to me is Laramie Tunsil. Well, I am Joe. We Bosa, you know, you think Bosa, Bosa Jalen Ramsey, DeForest, DeForest Buckner, Ronnie Staley, yeah, Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. I think a Tunsil, and be like, why wouldn't you want a, a mm-hmm. sure-fledged Hall of Fame offensive lineman yeah. <laughs> versus uh, the running back? So yeah, and so. Derrick Henry was in that draft. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Panthers had the opportunity to get Derrick Henry. He went in the second topic. round to the four is a forty fifth pick. <laughs> yep. So the Panthers could have got him. Man. Yeah, it's but sad. it's crazy. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because I thought that was interesting. It's kind of an end of an era. The Cowboys are always a big media draw, and you know they're a team everybody really pays attention to. So I think it's going to be uh, an interesting new era in Dallas. We'll see what happens. We'll see if Mike McCarthy can keep his job. But I think we're going to have a lot of big free agency moves uh, happening between now and our next show. Uh, So we'll have more to talk about. Hopefully the Aaron Rodgers deal will be finalized so we can get more in depth into that and where the Jets will rank amongst that uh, AFC East quarterback division. And uh, we'll have more tournament talk as well. But as always, for the sports, the show, I'm DJ Pat Nasty. I'm here with. 
Malcolm Marzette. And special thanks to my brother Fred for stopping by for some tournament discussion as well. And hopefully we'll have him back soon. But as always, we'll be back and better than ever next time on The Sports The Show. Uh. Yeah, once I'm done cooking, prepare the feast. Stains on my jeans, trying to whip up this masterpiece. Word, yo, the masterpiece. Sell some raw, I'm cooking half at least. Take the Pyrex from him, your cook, he got a bad physique. Your wrist out of rhythm, it's like the wackest beat. I'm trying techniques, yo, I'm lacking sleep. There it is, Lord, I got the masterpiece I cook with soul, I put the soul in the pot The sun was beaming through the clouds While I'm holding the rock Can't get no peace from us I had them sandals for three summers I'm staying hard, can't help it, yo He got feet fungus I reflect on moments, my phone was buzzing The months are getting nothing I miss the fog like a distant cousin It come and go, bad work Got niggas money slow My wrist deserve a cooking show I'm cooking cookies, yo Different cold cook, different some glass some yellow I use beer for the taste plus And help it settle Chop them in pebbles Red morning I'm in a bright mood They rather I work for one Instead I serve this white dude Playing Reagan I piss on your bands And below my seeds Need to be born With ten mil minimum uh, We gon' put it in stone That they never hit the curb The bird ready is heavy Come on Then it's served Yeah Once I'm done cooking Prepare the feast Stains on my jeans Trying to whip up this masterpiece Word, yo, the masterpiece uh-huh. Sell some raw, I'm cooking half at least Take the Pyrex from him, your cook, he got a bad physique Your wrist out of rhythm, it's like the wackest beat I'm trying techniques, yo, I'm lacking sleep There it is, Lord, I got the masterpiece This shit come easy to a nigga who lived it, man My pen just float Yeah, I don't migrate with flyweights since 9-8 Around niggas that buy weight, you a boss, I don't buy it Floss diamonds as a minor, my gunfire Puerto Rican on her knees till her tongue tired Poker game, polo sun visor A click of mobster, sipping vodka up at Benihana's Fuck a chick, she leave her card on the cover just like Silk the Shocker Ain't satisfied to my garage, got some different options Soccer goalie as a minor, OGs was kicking knowledge It ain't profits, then I'm switching topics Bitches topless in the cockpit, we on the way to the tropics 8K for the nonsense, aim spray, that's a promise I need paydays with the commas, I was raised with the monsters This is God's gift, the devil tried to infiltrate it Picture painter with a mission statement Living timid's dangerous in the village, villains victorious When they lift the stainless, it's the only language we know Guns blaze for the blow, so I live a fast life and I'm fly, I might be time traveling From crime scrambling to rhyme battling Y'all better be happy that I made that decision Proof probably say that collision, a crash course I had guns in my jam sport Starter jackets, palming ratchets Leo shirt looking pomegranate Hit my deuce deuce under the coffee cabinet My profile is no smile Just a picture of me holding the full pound Rocking the gold crown Mental lashes left me living savage I leave your mouth like you licked a cactus My offspring on your bitch's mattress Bar for bar, we in a different bracket These lyrics classic You probably hear Big L if you listen backwards My niggas living 
ratchets like wild cowboys at high noon take 10 paces spin and clap it my thoughts cashmere your cat hair a different fabric been a maverick keep bags for you to sniff in my winter jacket practice winter tactics the loss you take is massive like russian roulette players who got their brains splattered i own my lame lame niggas i never interact with it's getting hard for these rappers to hide they in a faggot I'm in some shit that cost a rack and sacks fifth. My life bout guns and butter, pussy and fast flips. I got that work like the big timers, acid and crack hits. Molly by the old bloody dough off a transaction. Bad bitch with an accent, blowing me like a porno actress. I'm active, they know the name from Ukraine to Akron. I'm tapped in, well connected like Cuban links to shooters and busty bartenders that'll roof your drink. Buy four, get one free. I know how users think, give them deals to make more bills. Quicker than you can blink. I'm smooth like a player rocking gator shoes and mink. Need to be up holding mad bucks like I work for Brinks. Every rhyme I write is like a line of China white. 89 iron mic swinging with a giant's mic. I got the glow like shining light. You never match up, nigga. You a pocket knife in a firefight. Every bar I say is awesome. Hold you far from awesome. I go retarded until I'm Ferrari car parking. Trying to elevate to a mansion from a hood apartment. Daily departing these marks. I aim it like a marksman. You were acting like Marky Mark. I'm more Sonny Carson. Don Gargan. Heron for you to keep knotting. So prolific. Every flow I spoke is vicious. Listen close. You hear G rap on the road to riches. Catch me on the run, my nights longer than his Respect Scarface rules, protect them all man kids My nigga, it gets easier the harder it is But just when you thought it was over, the saga begins I won't ever finish, out the way, been looking better in it Bigger residences, seven senses, vintage Papa came back for his hat, nothing like a late snack Right after the snatch, I told him I'll kiss his hand if it lands on his lap hey. Thinking that he just gon' rip saran 
still trying to wait with the fisherman. Let's hope that it works out if it passes. Yo, dad of a G. If they ever lock me up, get Barabbas the key. But I'ma still happen to be clapping the three. Ghetto prisoner, hub check out passionately. Still living like the king that I am without the gold rings on my hands. Just need the whole thing sinking saran. I ain't let him throw a jinx in my plans. Several tried painting me black, but he dies before the kettle dries. Ah. Play a sucker to catch a sucker, had enough of They lack the structure, I can't adjust ya It's back to us, bruh Lending my hand, left me in debt Envious threats, how can he forget? I'm the one they run to Well, they fried tough Tony last night The cat who said he wasn't afraid to die Yeah, but we all heard him scream like a bird What's he the bees about it? Brilliant minds think alike, but we be the minority. Shit is one and one, like Lincoln Shade no all with me. Takes one to understand one, on it accordingly. We box out, haymakers in circles if we call it J's. Cool guy, I play a margin mall and get the room high. But raised off of tapes with CNN was shouting 2-5 Like from Iraq, took away, what, what? But shit, I'm from the K, same difference, same come-ups Medina shit, money out the cleaner shit Whether A's or AZ, took the shit I need from them Tunnel vision and HD, neighbors played it safely But I never keep enough in all safety And then became the greatest on a breakbeat Style Lords, before the yoga mats and the wine bars I dap sun in the clouds and get my rap phenomenon on Play hard like Dame Lillard, rapper, slash ghost penner Slash gorilla, slash illus turn illa, real shit. Radical thinker, go blind trying to read my mind. Niggas hear my verse and they be surprised that shit is nice. From the ones who felt the bottom, only time that I seek advice. Got a devil on my shoulder disguised as Jesus Christ. With glitters isn't gold, they're rush and give you silver. But it's hard to separate what you want and what's familiar. Money you didn't earn, be the worst kind of cash. They hit the block and study rocks like it's an earth science class, nigga. Look, the lane I chose like the Game of Thrones I kill rappers, bury bodies, now I'm waving bones Look, and if you niggas scared, you should've stayed at home For a little attention, niggas will trade their soul In a world where your jewelry displays your status Y'all call that shit they drop in the classic? I say it's average Don't let a loss discourage the vision, just change your tactics No matter my circumstances, nigga, I made it happen I made it happen What you, 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 what
Oh, shit. 